Hello, Pacers fans, and welcome into another edition of the Sideline Guys, powered by Gainbridge. I'm Pat Boylan. As always, alongside Jeremiah Johnson, we want to note that there is an audio and a video portion of the podcast this week. So if you are listening in its audio form, you can go on over to YouTube and catch the video version of this. And likewise, if you're watching on YouTube and you don't subscribe to the Sideline Guys, make sure to give Pacers Sound a follow. The reason it is a video podcast this week is because we are joined by Pacers guard Buddy Heald. Uh, Buddy, this is your first full year here with Indiana, and it's been a successful start for you, a successful start for the team. How important was it for you, and how impactful has it been for you to start this season in a location uh, like Indiana, one that you know you know values you? Uh, it's been great, you know, uh, and it's like you said, you know, this being being somewhere that values me is important. And uh, being around, I think it starts off great coaching staff, start from the top, great coaching staff. They accept me and accept my what I do well in the basketball court and uh, having the right teammates around me. Just, you know, just, you know, as you come around a new team, you have to figure them out and uh, figure guys what guys do well, well and how can you can like, like uh, put things together with the team and uh, just, implementing my style of offense and uh, how guys move and uh, just trying to pick and pick and choose spots. But uh, I think that we all came together so quickly. Uh, we hang out in the off season, uh, you know, just finding that team camaraderie early with the guys, with the coaching staff and just getting to know everybody. And uh, once we get to know everybody, you know, uh, I always think that an NBA, you know, team first aspect always help you win games. And uh, that's, that's having our early successes, having everybody like each other, everybody playing for each other, no matter who has the big night, uh, and uh, just keeping that same mindset, and that's that's how our success is being handled. Just, just so early in the season, but uh, you know, uh, yeah, we're bitter now. We feel like we let a lot of games on the table that we should have won. But you know, where we at? Yeah, we we're not saying we're satisfied because I'm not. And we're still mad, but uh, we still a lot of work that we can get better at. Uh, that was kind of into my next question. You guys have had, I, I think, a really successful start to this season. I think when you look um, at maybe from people's perspectives, perhaps outside this building, the Pacers have been one of the handful of the biggest surprise teams in the NBA. What's the balance for you between being happy with the success that you've been able to garner so far, uh, but at the same time, as you just said, wanting more, right? Being being 500 is not ultimately the goal, right? Yeah, yeah you know, like, just, just, just not to go for any any team in like in the NBA, but uh, yeah, it's, when you take it now where you at, of course, you you want to you don't want to be worse where you at, but uh, as you the first twenty eight games that we playing so far, you see like yo man, we we're better than fourteen and fourteen, you know, we we teams that games that we left on, so as we watch film and we see our mistakes that are costing these games, now we go back to drawing board, we work at it and get better, and uh, just gotta keep grinding, man. It's a long season, you know, and. Uh, Yes, you go on a road trips and you lose three on a road trip, and you come home and you lose two or whatever. You just gotta figure out, find that fine balance and find that streak and just run with it because it's hard to win games in this league, as we all know. It's not easy, so you just gotta find that consistency. Buddy, in your first answer, you mentioned being at a place where they accept and embrace what you do well. Do you feel like there are some things that you are doing better and differently, maybe than even at other points in your career, adding to your game? this season and maybe that's hard to do as you get older and farther along but do you feel like you are becoming maybe more of a complete player uh you know is where was that you no know, uh, uh it was you no know, i i got to do things i want to do i just felt like hair is more free-flowing for me uh i think that rick 
Rick, Rick's style and the coaching that he allows us to play with freely uh, helps me to elevate a little bit much better. But uh, no, but like where I was at, I was able to play free too. But uh, this, this style is more like kind of suit where I, it, it's more happy, happier. Almost from day one, I've seen you take an active leadership role, which is I think tough to do mid-season, but maybe even a lot easier at the start of a season. When there's a a 7-0 run from an opponent and, and Rick calls timeout. You're one of the first people that I hear talking up in the huddles. Has that always been kind of your the way you play? And was it difficult to come in and even last season and to be that vocal leader? No, I mean I, I learned I learned from uh, from my early college days, you know, if you want to if you want to uh you know, I'm on the court all the time, you know, and uh and guys who's always on the court, you know, they they tend to listen to and follow to and, and uh need me in the league seven years, you know, uh I have that kind of fire in my my fiery like personality that where I hate to lose and uh and talking to the young guys, you know, we gotta do this, we gotta do that. And uh, most of the times I'm I'm just talking just to like encourage guys too, because you know, as young teams though, everybody needs encouragement and that's trying to build up build up their spirit. Cause sometimes you know, a team going to ten or run and like where everybody comes to the bench down, I say, Man, we gotta pick ourselves up energy and uh if our energy's down it's gonna be deflating for everybody else. So just talking and just reading the game, reading others and uh and finding ways I can like help the team get better. But you've got a fascinating story. I'd like to go back a little bit and, and have you tell it to us. Take me back to when you're a kid, you're growing up in the Bahamas, right? That's not yeah. the typical path to the NBA. Right. Your brothers, your sisters. I mean, what do you remember about being a kid, a young basketball player in the Bahamas? You know, I grew up with families. My mom, my mom has seven kids. So, I mean, uh, basketball was not even my first love. I used, to run, I used to run track. I stopped playing basketball when I was 11, 12 years old. Uh, the reason why I start playing basketball because I think that me and my brother got in a bad accident one time, and I think I can't remember what, what time it was. And then after that, it's like an island sports was like track, and like that's one of the better, fastest people in Ireland. And uh, they didn't pick me to run. And I mean, as I was in seventh grade, it's like you were in high school, you know, in the Bahamas. And I was like, when I went to the island sports meet, like the track meet, everybody said, "Yo, why are you not running?" I said, "They didn't pick me," and I was like. And they say you. And people start calling me like, "Oh, you're dumb, you're stupid." And I was like, "Well, you can't tell me if I tell them I'm play, I tell them I'm let's play basketball." And it's like, "Well, you're making the dumbest mistake," you know. And like at the time, I was like five five, you know. And it's like it's kind of in their favor what they what they had. But like me, I was so confident. You cannot tell me I'm very stubborn. You can't tell me something I can't do. I'm gonna do it, you know. You you can't tell me I'm making basketball. Went to basketball, forget about track, and then uh, I just stopped. Hit a growth spurt. I hit a growth spurt. <laughs> I hit a, a growth spurt late, though. I was like 16, 17 when I hit my growth spurt. So I was like short. And uh, But I was just, just fell in love with the game, and the game was just so fun to play with. And uh, I just went to park each and every day. Uh, I used to get beaten a lot from my mom. Whooping, y'all say, say whooping, I say beaten. Uh, and the behemoth terminology is get beaten a lot because of us being in the park. My mom go to work. Seven in the morning, and I, nightfall, she come to work, and I gotta be home. I'm not home. She come, you can hear a van squeaking from down the, from down the road, the squeaking, and they were like, "Yo, your mom's coming!" Like, cause she, <laughs> they, they say Jackie's coming, you know, and I would say, "Run, buddy," because you know she's gonna beat me. So, because I'm out late hours, so I just, you know, I get a lot of, of beaten for just being out uh, on the park so long playing basketball. But I love it so much, and uh, I love watching college basketball. I love watching Florida play back in the day with Joe Kim Noah and all those boys, Corey Brewer. And I had some of those guys, my teammate, and I said, man, I remember watching y'all on CBS because in the Bahamas, the only channels would come on, and y'all was like, 
prime times the CVS, and I tell you, watching all the Dukes and Michigan's, all those big time schools, and uh, and uh, just I just fell in love with that, and I watched NBA, and uh, NBA was always Sunday, TNT or ESPN on Friday, so I used to like, and it was always Kobe Bryant, so he made me love the game, and I was just when I was in high school in the Bahamas, from seven to like the area, from from seven to seven is where we started high school. I used to take my whole lunch breaks to go to the computer. And this one, the computer, it was slow as shit. I mean, like, it was just slow. It was just like, and I used to take my whole break just to watch a three-minute video of Corey Bryan and see what it highlights what he did on NBA.com. But that, that's how much passion I had to, like, to watch the game and, like, learn from it. And I look at the scores, and I saw they lost. And I was like, man, like, when I win, I was happy. So uh, it's grinding and grinding, and I was trying to wait. And uh, it was hard to get off the islands, too, because... Like I say, when you go in the Caribbean, everybody first love, they say the way you get off the to the to America, because everybody's trying to get up to school. To go to college is you gotta run track. You're not gonna make it in basketball. And I say, well, I gotta make it in basketball. Like, forget what y'all story had in the past. Like, I'm not gonna listen to it. I ain't gonna make it. So uh I I would just keep grinding and grinding. I believe, I trust God and uh I mean it was tough, man. Like some days you wake up and you say, like, Man, like how am I gonna get to the net? how am I gonna get there? I had a showcase. I went to a showcase for like three straight years. And then like, nobody never picked me. And uh, one time I, somebody picked me, but I had to pay to go to school. And my mom said, it's not the right opportunity. And the kid now find out it's not the right opportunity. So my, I think my third year or fourth year, a guy, Coach Kyle Linstead from Wichita, Kansas, he came to me and like, I was just, I was never the best player in the gym. I wasn't the best player in the gym, but I had that fun personality, had the will to win. He said, man, every team you play on, you win. And like every come to, when I was in the, came to the gym, he said, you just lighted the gym up. And uh, he said, man, I want you to come play for my team. And I called my mom. I said, mom, I think somebody wants to, want me to go to, this, go to America and play basketball. I said, yo, I, 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 I think this, you like him. And then she was a Christian school. And my mom was a Christian mom. You know, she's a strong black woman. She's a strong woman. So she didn't want to send a kid to no regular school where you just go to some school and like, you just get adapted to like a bad culture. And like, she wanted she want me to go to school where I was well taken care of. Where I ain't aware much, you know, and I was in a Christian environment. And uh so in there, we get up here work, we get that, we get that done, we get settled. I went to Wichita, Kansas, and uh, after that, you know, uh had to work still, cause why well, he's bringing kids from all over the world, the world like uh Denmark, Nigeria, Lithuania, France, Belgium, Estonia. And I was like, man, like, it's a competition that wins come to the next competition. So after that, you get your American kids there. So like, man, it's like, man, it's a grind each and every day. But that would make me better and make the body best out of me. And I continue work and I grind. Got to to Oklahoma. And I keep seeing work that I had from when I was a little kid, bringing in and bringing in and bringing in. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a lot more stories that I have, but like, that's how I got to where I'm at now. That's such interesting perspective. And, and so you go from playing basketball in a country where basketball's not all that popular to in just a few years, it sounds like, you're not only at Oklahoma, but in your final couple of years there, I mean, you're becoming this national sensation. I remember it. The Buddy Heald from Oklahoma and uh, the three-point shot, the big numbers you're putting up. Uh, was that surreal? I mean, to go from a kid in the Bahamas who's not even really getting many looks in the U.S. to all of a sudden, I'm the kind of the talk of college basketball. In, in just a few years, that happened for you. You know what I dreamed it my whole life. I, I envisioned it my whole life. This was like that's why I was watching all that. I watching like the joke Joe knows I see was like and I wanted that. And I work hard for that. And like I know my skill level is not there. So I had to work double, triple. I had to sleep in the gym and I was in Oklahoma. I stayed nights there, like just like, yo, if I gotta 
get to where I want to go, I have to like sacrifice a lot. And I sacrifice a lot where sometimes when I went to when I went to school in Kansas, I didn't come home for like three, four years. I went back to Bahamas. I was like, yo, what, what I'm going back to Bahamas for when they're always going to be there for me? I have to sacrifice here. So I want to go somewhere. I have to like really they put time in and I had to like work hard for what I wanted. I had to put more weight on. I had to travel my skill and uh, that's what I wanted. And uh, and if if I, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be in here today. So I had to like just take sacrifice from family, friends, going out, doing all kind of stuff. And uh, it made me who I am today. You, I think anyone that's in the NBA is a little bit of a gym rat. They all work hard. They all put in the time. But I, if you're watching this, trust me, I don't know that I've ever seen anyone put in as, as much time as you, especially during a season. And this is the, this, what I'm talking about is, you know, a morning, there's no shoot around. You're going to go to the gym. You're not taking the first bus. You're taking the taxi yeah. to the gym. Over. <laughs> so how has that got you to the point that you are today? And maybe as a springboard into that, explain your shooting routine, what you do when you go to the gym about the spots. Because when I realized what you were doing, that you have to make 10 in a row at nine different spots outside the arc, I think I would probably never go home because it would I would never get done. It's a, men, it's a mental, it's a mental thing. And I uh, just prepare myself for the game. And uh, I just know that, you know, uh, me, I'm a shooter, like you gotta be locked in. And, uh, and it's a lot of things go after you. Like you, sometimes like you in those big cities, like say you're in New York. And sometimes like, your shooting time is at, say I shoot like five o'clock. But the bus leaves 15, and it's gonna take you an hour. So when you get it, you might get on a spot on. You might only have like eight, nine minutes. And after that, somebody's gonna come shoot. And after that, the whole thing is all messed up. So I rather go to the gym earlier before everybody, like an hour before everybody, and get comfortable. So when I go on my shooting time, I can like, my shooting time that I have, I'm just like relaxing, just suiting into my my game plan. And like just mentally, I'm just focusing on whatever. I'm not worried about like trying to get warm or feel comfortable in my shot, because I already did that an hour before everybody got here. So, I'm fine, I'm good. So uh, just mental preparation and uh, just keeping my mind and my body just focused on me and that ball and uh, being, it's a comfort thing. Nobody will understand if you're a shooter or you're a basketball player, it's just being comfortable with yourself, feeling, and uh, you a lot, hear a lot of guys say, I gotta, you, know, you can shoot 10 in a row and you, you still, don't feel, still don't feel good. You, make, you can make 10 in a row, it still don't feel good. It's all about a comfort thing. So uh, and uh, as I've been doing, I've been playing much better and I just, when I say like, Getting back to my old days where, where I, my mom would say, never forget where you come from. How I was playing good, I used to do the same thing. I come to the NBA, don't change. Don't change what, what you have been doing from you little because you changed, that's your routine your whole life. Then you don't get the same results. So yeah, I was in college, I came early too. First one off the bus, trying to run. I said, coach, we gotta go to, we gotta, we gotta go to the arena early to get some more extra shots, you know? Me playing Kansas State or Kansas, I need extra shots, you know? Like, I gotta stay longer, like, you know? Like, you gotta get that rhythm because you wanna be your best playing against the best, you know? You got your best playing against the best, so that's how I look at it. We try to share some stories that are a little bit off the beaten path, and so if you're watching this or listening, I want you to watch Buddy during timeouts, not in the huddles, but occasionally he'll grab the basketball. Technically, you're not allowed to do this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you have a good back and forth with some of the officials. Yeah, you you, you got to make them feel good too now. You know, officials, you because I'll be like a little 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 prank to them. They like they they annoy me right now. So I don't know if this is good being on here. The officials annoy me right now. I don't think they watch our podcast or okay, listen. Okay, but yeah. uh, 
you know, uh, you got to make them feel good. How you look? You look good today, man. Like, you know, you got to spice them up. And then you take the ball from Let me get a little couple of shots. You got because them officials, you know, they're very like stubborn. You know, they're very locked in, and you know, you got you got know the ones who to talk to and how you got to talk to them because you got coming them correct. If you coming them different, they be a long night. And sometimes, like, man, buddy, shooting the ball again. I said, man, but how come the other officials asking him? I won't call no names, but like, let me shoot the ball. But you won't let me shoot the ball. He's like, you know, I supposed to do that. I said, man, I got. I said, man, we are here to entertain these fans. If I don't make no shot, I can't entertain them. So, <laughs> so what's going on? So it's like always a back and forth. While you're talking, you're yeah, getting your you, shot up. Yeah. So you at least saw a couple go in. And they're not gonna give me a tech, man. Like, come on. <laughs> you know, they, they say they can give me a tech, but you can't say delay the game when the game is ready delayed because it's I a timeout. So exactly. But they're 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 good guys though. But I'm always going back and forth with them. Nah, they're they're fun to interact I with. I think we need to capture some of the video. Wait till the <laughs> season's over, then put a little compilation Facts, together. So. I, I, I always talk to them. Uh, but sometimes they don't let me shoot, man. It's, but it is what it is. But uh, I understand. It's part of their rules. They got a job to do. And they say, man, league, see that, man. Like, where well, you gonna get fined for that? I say, man, shh. They not gonna find y'all. You know, but, uh, <laughs> you know how it is, man. Just protocols. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because there was also a story that I wanted to ask you about. And maybe on Wednesday, I'll take video of this for our, our video crew uh, to put up. Pre-game, uh, just I should really say moments before tip, right? Is this superstition or is this literally you're trying to get up as many shots as you can, even if it involves you taking off the sticky pad, wadding it up, and you shoot it into oh, one oh, of yeah. our statisticians yeah. who will create a hoop with his hands. Yeah. And, then, and then you shoot it through that hoop, and it's yeah. their job to make sure that ball goes in, by the way. If it don't go in, and miss, What's opening night? Miss opening, I think one night, they missed one, one missed, time. Yes. We won't say who that who that was. We will uh, keep him anonymous. You gotta, make that, you gotta make that circle big. <laughs> you hit your first three that night, by the way, and I think I saw somebody just as relieved as I have ever seen when you hit that first three, because everyone was staring at him going, you know if Buddy has an off night, that's on you. Yeah. Is, that, is that superstition? Is that you having fun? Is that your literal last opportunity to get a shot up? What is that? Uh, it's having fun with them too, but if they, you cannot miss. I mean, you, you creating a hole for me. If you, and, and it's then, a movie, it can move. You can, yeah. It can move, so if, if I miss, it's on you. And like, I was like, oh, we gotta do it again. And after the ref, it's like, yo, buddy, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> And I was like, yo, like you're killing me. So now after that, I gotta like if I miss one, like I gotta do it in the timeout and do it again to make sure I get it right. So uh you call it superstition too, but uh it's probably fun with them too, man. They look forward to that and that's how I interact with them. And uh I don't know most of their names, but it's it's always a pleasure doing that stuff with them. I think Rick had along the lines of what you were just talking about, one of my favorite quotes of the year, he said something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing here, if we let Buddy, he would go play basketball every day for six hours with yeah. our interns. I mean, yeah. I mean, how much, though, do you feel like, and maybe your teammates could speak to this better than you can, but how much do you feel like maybe just that genuine love for the game, it, it rubs off on your teammates? I mean, practice always seems like a time when you guys, of course, are focused, but you're genuinely enjoying yourselves. You know, and, uh, growing up, too, it was a therapy for me, too, basketball. Get away from a lot of stuff. Uh, I just... Look away, like when I have stuff in my mind, I can just go to the gym and just like just shoot for hours and don't feel it. You know, like people say, oh my, your, your arm's gonna like be tired. I just didn't have a feeling and my arms never felt numb. Never had no shoulder problems, none of that. Like just was this therapy, just get away and uh, get away from the world and just like thinking, like just hope about stuff that like, that, you know, we all have personal stuff going on in life. Just like take, take your mind off stuff and like, once I have that ball and the ball is bouncing, it's going to net. Like that's very 
great, great, great therapy for me. And uh, it helps me to uh, go to my day and uh, just watch basketball. You know, like you see Katie all day, man, just want to play, want to play, want to play. It might be therapy for him too, because that's all he knows is life. And it helps him get away from wherever he's going, wherever he's being to, you know, like me. Like, you know, my, my mom, my dad was separated from a young age. So, like, my therapy is just to get away from all that, all that stuff and, like, just figure out how can I help my mom get a house? How can I help my brother and sister go to school? I'm just trying to find that, that why for me. And that, that helped me. That helped me cope with a lot of stuff that was going on in my mind. That helped me push through. And uh, I still do it today, man. Like, like you said, interns. Uh, me and the interns, we, we going at it all the time. And I said, man, you, if y'all beat me, I get $100 each, you know, like, make them go harder, you know? So uh, it's it's fun for me too, man. Uh, and I don't think I'll be doing anything else. You know, I think there's destiny to play basketball. Uh, I think God, we all put in certain situations for a reason. Uh, and uh, I said, like, that, that's that's my therapy. That's how I get to my day. If I don't touch the basketball today, I'm miserable. You know, sometimes I, I build a basketball court in my house in Dallas. I got like a full court and I, I'm there all the time, just like just dribbling the ball. If, I, if I'm done working out, I go back, uh, my hat on, I turn my hat the next way and I'm shooting and just trying to see the ball. And I have a big TV there, watching TV while I'm shooting, watching guys, highlights in the, in the league, I watch Kevin Durant, uh, watching Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, watching all the guards, Steph on the clay, just watching the highlights while I'm shooting and it's, just it's going through the motion, man, and that's, that's fun. It's hard for me to listen to you talk and think about how you fit right in that you haven't even been in Indiana for a year. I mean, it was February that you and Tyrese, you know, came over on that plane with, with Tristan. And the next day, I think I remember doing a sit down interview with each of you and getting a chance to get to know you a little bit. But does this, does this feel like home to you? I mean, who knows what's going to happen? But I mean, it feels like people love watching you. They love your personality. And it seems like you feel the same way. No matter what in life, man, I always say this, this is a business. And uh, you can't prepare for anything. Well, wherever I'm at is home, regardless, you know. And uh, and wherever I go, it's it's gonna be home. Cause it's, you just gotta adjust and you gotta figure it out. And I think my personality helps helps with that because in life you get a, it's gonna throw a lot of waves at you. You just gotta be ready to like be ready when it comes and hits you, you know. And uh, when it hits you, you just can't just get right back up. And uh, and uh, you just gotta adjust. And this whole game is about adjustment, you know. You get in certain situa certain situation. Uh, sometimes there's certain situations where you just feel like, yo, you can't do certain things here, you know, and just adjust and sacrifice. And uh, when that opportunity comes to expand, you just take advantage of that. Do you remember when Tyrese was drafted? Did you make a point to help him out a little bit? And he, he made some interesting comments last week about how he got along with you off the court, but maybe not on the court. But how has your relationship grown over the last two and a half years? Oh, it's going great. And uh, I, 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 I think the trade, trade helped a lot, too. Because uh, I'm not that big brother for him. Uh, I tell him, I said, man, like, uh, I got traded my a couple months in. He, you got a year and a half. Like, you know, you, you, my mind is a lot quicker than yours. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, this, is, this is the business that the business that it brings, and uh, and uh, I think our relationship that's helps us to off the court helps us a lot too. We, we hang out together, we do stuff together, go to dinner, X, Y, Z, you know. Uh, and just being a that big brother figure for him, you know. I don't have all the right answers, of course, but uh, certain come things come up. He might, he might come to me, ask me, "Yo, what, what would you do with this X, Y, Z?" And I tell him, I say, "I handled it this way, you know." And uh, maybe you ask Harrison. Harrison still is a good friend of us. We still talk to him, or he can he might have a better solution. Or talk to James, you know. Uh, but uh, I just try to give him that be that big brother guidance for him. 
want to read a stat for you and get your opinion on it. And this is something I'm not sure if you're aware of it or not, but if you go back to 2017 um, and, and start with the 17-18 season and go forward, here are the uh, top five players in the NBA in terms of threes made. Fifth is Donovan Mitchell. Fourth is Damian Lillard. Three is James Harden. Two is Steph Curry. I wouldn't be telling you the stat if you weren't number one. That's quite some company to be around. I think when maybe a casual NBA fan would see that stat, they might be a little bit surprised. Do you feel like you're a little bit under the radar? Is that stat maybe an example of that being true? Uh, I guess when you don't play in the playoffs, the people don't get to see it because I haven't been in the playoffs enough. So, so it makes the stat underrated. But NBA teams know me. Uh, everywhere I go, I go in different cities. They, they, they know who I am. They know what I bring to the table. So, I guess to certain people though, that haven't seen me in the playoffs, know you make everybody makes their name in the playoffs. I haven't been in the playoffs yet. That caused the stat to be underrated, but it's not underrated. People know who I'm, what I'm capable of doing. Teams prepare for me every night, and they know it's a tough matchup, a tough, tough guard. And then the same thing they do, what they do for all the great shooters, all those guys. You can't let them. Get an open one and get him go one, then he can write a four or five, you know, just like Steph. You know, I'm not close to Steph, but he he just we all watch him and we see what all the greatness he does on the court. So uh, you know, uh, so we just try to like I say be like him, but I uh, try to shoot better than him. But uh, but uh, he's 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 one of the reasons why we a lot of guys have chased the three point line more often and uh, get more shots. Of course, he brings more point, open the floor for your teammates too. But uh, I think he he just gives the guys more confidence so they can keep doing that the way he shoots the ball and him and Clay, you know, they're the two catalysts for that. I asked you a version of this question on radio after um, a recent win, and I'm wondering, you know, you're 29 years old. I think if you asked the average player, like, when are you exactly in your prime, some mm -hmm. might say right there, 28, 29, 30 is probably, 27 maybe is, is that prime window for most athletes. Because of how young this group is, yeah. 29 looks a lot older yeah. in comparison yeah. than it really is. You call me an old guy right here. <laughs> Which isn't fair, right? You're not even 30. I mean, I'm 32 and I don't even feel remotely old. So 29, for the record, is nowhere near old. But what? what We're, don't even get me in the age conversation. <laughs> Jeremiah's, Jeremiah's 34. Uh-huh, yeah, right. Um, what's, what's this experience like? I mean, you are kind of looked up to as this what feels like to them older veteran, but the reality is, you know, if you're on a different team, you might be one of the younger guys. It's, it's the situation you're in. What, what's it like? I mean, the guys like being around me. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm the, I'm the fun vibe. Exactly. They, 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 they want to be. I like, like being around you. Like, everybody's like, "Yo, buddy, what are we doing? Like, are we going to dinner? Yes, cool. Come with me. Like, I get you. I get all the vibes. Let's go. We, we, we active. Yeah, the guys, the guys want to be around me, and uh, which, which is cool because like they look up to me and. Uh, and I try to be the, the right, like big brother figures for them and uh, guidance. Uh, I always, you know, uh, tell them like, you know, just do everything the right way. They ask me questions about the league, and I was like, man, it's, you just gotta be ready, man. I mean, don't get caught. And uh, the opportunities can come. You gotta be able to take advantage of your opportunity. So, uh, I mean, I'm, like I say, I'm fun to be around. I mean, the guys know I'm fun to be around. Uh, we all have a great time when we all together. I mean, in the when we on the road, we all hang out together. So. And uh, my name is like, yo, buddy, what we doing? They always ask, yo, what we doing, buddy? It's never Tyrese or Jeans. They ask, what we doing? Because they want to be around me. You hear me? I'm guessing there was a time where you were shooting so much, you had to turn down opportunities to go do fun things because you said you had to get your workouts in. Right. But now, 
you, you're getting all your work in. When you do go have fun in Indiana, what what do you do? Me? Yeah. If they're calling you up, is it, you know, just go get a nice dinner? I get a nice dinner, you know, chill. You know, it's, it's like a team-friendly bond and stuff like that we do. Uh, you know, we just have fun. We go on the road. Uh, we're in a city or something. And now we do a team-friendly bond and uh, just have fun together. So, uh, but uh, they, I'm the, I guess I'd say I'm the event planner. I, I set up everything for the guys. And uh, we just, just, you know, just have a good time. And, uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like when you out together, I think team bond and stuff is great for the guys. And it brings everybody together. And, uh, you know, we all just come close as a group. And that's why we are so likable. You know, and a young team, you got to stay together. You can't have one group over the way, next group that way. We all stay together. We do things together and, it's, and with, with the Pacers. And then once you stay together as a group, you know, it rubs off on the basketball court. And uh, just, you can see the success. Final one for me, you mentioned about the playoffs. Is that something that's out there is, you know, that's one of the reasons you do all the work. I mean, you're obviously wanting to prolong your career and have as much individual success, but you want to be in the playoffs. You want to experience yeah, that. I want to experience that. And I, and I just want to just, I want to just be in it and say, I'm playing for I want to make a deep run. I want to, I want to taste a chip. You know, everybody goes to taste a chip, win a championship, but I want to, I want to hold it. I want to feel it. I don't want to just go there and just, just say, I, I, oh, I play in the playoff. I won't be able to. Uh, host a trophy one of these days. Final couple thoughts for me as we were talking about your background and getting here, it started to strike me that you've got a story that is so unique, but in kind of an interesting way, there's a lot of guys on this team that have their own version of that story, right? right. Chris Duarte, yeah, yeah. Uh, Andrew Nemhar, Daniel Tice, yeah. Ben Matherin. Yeah. I don't want to leave anybody out. There might, I might even be missing somebody. I'm talking about international guys, right? International guys yeah. who started in, I mean, Chris there's, Duarte's journey. I mean, everybody had, there are so many players that don't have a standard so the journey. So one is like, you know, like, the point is all the internet, international guys are all close together because we know how hard it is to come and play basketball in America. You know, you see the Giannis's and Lucas and like the Jokic, like they know how hard, that's why the game is, they take the game so seriously on a level because they know what it takes to, for them to get here. You know, Lucas, one of the guys who are more uh, skilled and fortunate, like he came at a young age, but there's a lot of guys that like really had to put the work in. You should watch Giannis progress. He was never the best in the league. You know, he had to work his off to get to where you had MVP level, championship level. And uh, guys, international guys take it a lot more serious. You know, Bogey, my teammate in Sacramento, you know, international, and it was it was serious, you know, uh, because like we know the opportunity we have is, you know, is it's not as great as as the Americans, you know, and we keep it real. It's not the opportunity's not great Americans. So when I mean, you're on there on the court or when we're working out, we take it serious because why we don't have as much chances as the Americans have, so we have to be that inspiration for people back home. You know, you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Just believe, work ass off, get in the gym, stay focused, stay grinding, because 12, 13, 14 years, 15 years when our, our career is done, then the next one's coming up. And after that, like Vlade Divac, like, you know, and Bogdan Vananovic, and like, you know, Michael Thompson in the Bahamas, now you have DeAndre Aiden, Buddy Hill, and you have Kai Jones. So there's always gonna be one of the group. You know, the Americans is gonna always be, it's always going to be America. Basketball is always going to be dominated by the Americans, no matter what. But our goal is like to try to catch up and get to that level where they had. And, uh, you know, look at the countries. Like, you, I don't know, now Canada is up there. They have a lot of MA players. But, like, you know, Bahamas, we have three MA players, you know. Like, from a small country, 300,000 people. That's pretty unique. That's big time, you know. And uh, coming from, like, you look at that Serbia, you know. I don't know. They might have two or three or four, you know. It's, so, just competing with those countries have more people than us is pretty 
big, you know, and uh, so just trying to inspire, like, all international guys in the league, I don't know, I can speak for them, they're just trying to inspire and help those guys that are over there, like, try to get over here too, that they can do it. Just make them, just give them the kids hope that, you know, we can do it, you can do it too. It's really inspirational. Let's close here. Uh, one final question. Let's look forward here in this season. We're talking to you at a pretty interesting time because I think, uh, as we discussed earlier in the podcast, the Pacers have caught a lot of people off guard. They've been really surprising. You guys have been one of the feel-good stories in the NBA. But I know as we're talking to you right now, at least as of taping here, a couple losses in a row, and you guys maybe don't feel like you're playing uh, quite at the top of your level, at least in this moment. So as you sit right now, you're at 500. There's been a whole lot of good. I know some recent frustration as well. What's going to be the key for you, for this team, to being able to extend what's been such a feel-good story so far? Uh, staying locked in. Staying locked in. Uh, don't worry about all the noise. Oh, you're too good. No, I'm sure everybody will be good. We're, we're sure that we're good with wins and not losses. And don't, uh, you know, he's just losses like, oh, like, you play hard enough, but you, but you still lost, you know. We just, this league is all about wins and losses. You win, everybody's happy, you know. You guys come to your jobs happy, you know. The whole organization's happy, and now uh, you lose, and everybody's down, you know. So stay locked in, and what we got to do was discipline, like a good, good example, like a team like Brooklyn. We came in, you know, they didn't play their starters, their, their group. I took them lightly, and they spanked us. And, they, and after that, we had a tough game against Miami. Uh, team that we were really locked in on, but if we'd have been locked in for Brooklyn, like how we locked in Miami, we might have won that Miami game too, because it rubs off. So just staying locked in, and then we all just see uh, that we're young, yeah, but like, but professionals, you gotta learn like, don't get caught up in those trap games and stuff like that, because that can also bring you down too. So now we gotta. Yeah, another tough, tough game against Golden State tomorrow. So, so yeah, find a way to win, man. Find a, have that will to win. Wherever it takes to win, you gotta, gotta lock in and finish this, finish the season strong. Well, buddy, we've had the great fortune to do these podcasts with a lot of players over the last few years, and I'll tell you, this this is one of the very best. They tend to be only as good as the player is willing to open up, and you right. certainly did that with us today. I think the fans really appreciated it. JJ and I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, and best of luck for us today. Y'all good. Y'all good. Thanks always for being loud. you. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Always, always, always. This is the Sideline Guys, powered by Gainbridge. Again, if you haven't watched this in its video format, you can catch it on YouTube. And if you don't normally uh, listen to us in our audio format, just search Pacers Sound wherever you get your podcast. For Buddy Heal, for Jeremiah Johnson, I'm Pat Boylan. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening this week to the Sideline Guys.